0: Tim, when was the last time you sang someone happy birthday? I think never, actually. Uh, Even as a
1: child at like birthday parties or whatever, when everyone sings, I would mouth the words, though I would not sing. Mm -hmm. See, this is something that happens to you when you were raised Catholic. You become an expert at not singing in social occasions and simply mouthing words. I can't imagine Tim singing something for someone ever. Catholics in the chat, shout me out. Uh, (laughs) you, You all know what it's like.
2: Episode 167 of Insert Credit, the relentlessly paced weekly audio program where a panel of video game experts are forced to reach a consensus on every topic or be silenced by the sound of a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and my taunt as a fighting game character would be wiping condensation
3: off my glass. Oh, I'm Frank Cifaldi and my fighting game taunt... I can do this kind of like this thing with my palms if I squeeze them together. Oh, no. So, oh, I can hear that. That's I, terrible. I, I would
1: do that. That's very a bad haunted. sound. That I would like certainly
4: it. taunt me. Uh, yeah.
1: Brandon makes a much worse sound than that uh, habitually, if anyone who's known Brandon in person Brandon does a sound with his lips that is uh, is like something out of out of a Farrelly Brothers movie. Yeah, so,
4: I I kind of uh, stopped doing it. I did I started doing it to annoy animals, and then oh, yeah. at a certain point I stopped doing it, I- including
1: some humans, I suppose. In the jungle, uh, such a gesture seldom plays to one's advantage. I'll do, I'm just going to go ahead and drop that wisdom right there. Luckily, I don't live there. And they don't like it. Uh, they're not domesticated. Uh, I, hello, I'm Tim Rogers, and If I were a fighting game character, my taunt would be, uh, I don't know. I don't like taunting people. I would just, it would just be another attack. Didn't you just taunt me? No, that wasn't a taunt. <laughs> that was... that was. A, I don't know. That was uh, me stating something quite honest and obvious. Brandon
0: is feeling pretty provoked after this. Yeah, I am provoked. Yeah, oh, excellent. I've been, I've
4: been taunted. I'm Brandon Sheffield, and I were the video game So ta- I, I was too busy taking umbrage to uh, think of one. Um, is that
2: your taunt? Taking umbrage? No, I think I my taunt
4: would be, like, uh, I'd probably throw some TurboGrafx cards, scatter them on the ground in the hopes that someone might trip. <laughs>
2: Uh, joining us this week, you we have a very special returning guest from uh, the period before its ancient slumber. Insert Good. credits. Fighting game guru in residence, Patrick Miller.
0: Hi, everyone! It's nice Hello. to be back. It's been what uh, eight years since I was on this podcast. Something like that. <laughs> Something a, like a little that. bit less. It's been eight, a long 18, time. Six. Ah, six or okay.
1: seven now we're in 2021 oh that's right well i'll take it we're not in 2021 until i say we are by the way and the christmas is not over in my house so okay. it's still 2020 we All still right. have time to turn it around over here so hold on to uh that everybody please please Patrick,
0: what's your fighting game taunt you know, I've got to say that I think my fighting game taunt would actually just be pushing up my glasses. Glasses are a good prop. I think, Jack, mm-hmm. you called that one out one out well, uh, and explaining how you could be playing the game better because that is actually uh, nice. what I end up doing in real life, and that does end up provoking people, although unintentionally. What if you like uh, pulled out a, a frame chart? <laughs> good. Exactly. Why would you mash here? It's minus two. yes that's that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, your taunt. I can actually uh, uh,
2: momentarily exposes everybody's hitbox.
0: Ooh, I like that. Um, I can imagine Brandon's taunt actually being "This game sucks. Let's go play Asuka," and then just disappearing from the screen entirely. <laughs> <laughs> At which point he is no longer selectable from the from the character select
1: screen.
4: That's right. It's like the D ending of of Near, except uh, <laughs> in fighting game form, and and you just Boilers. have to do a taunt.
1: Oh, man, what if uh, I think a good question for this podcast, not to throw a question, that would be if you were if you were like some dirtbag marketing executive who's like the kind of guy in the, the leaked Sony email who was like, what if Peter Parker Spider-Man has a has a TikTok or whatever. If you were a dirtbag marketing executive, what fighting game taunts would you recommend for a hot new fighting <laughs> game? <laughs> so eating spicy Cheetos. Yeah, he eats a bag of spicy cheese. Yeah. <laughs> it snaps. It snaps. A, right. a flaming hot Cheeto selfie, or Drink whatever. Surge.
3: temporarily becomes Colonel Sanders. That's my answer.
1: <laughs> oh, That's yeah. not one of the questions Excellent. on this week's
2: podcast. But we do have ten other ones, beginning with one I asked uh, last year, previously on Insert Credit Episode <laughs> One Hundred Sixty Three, December Thirteenth. It doesn't get any better than this. Oh no. <laughs> I asked, what can you tell about a person based on their fighting game style and preferences? Last time, Brandon said we should save this question for the next time we have Patrick Miller
3: on the show. Oh, yeah, I did. Mm. And now it's the mm. next time. Well planned. Nice. I oh, think yeah. uh, we've already answered. So you go.
0: OK, I guess to start with fighting game style is an interesting thing because it's not it, it it is not something that actually uh, often is manifested in the way someone plays a game until later. But their character selection is up front. Right, right. And character selection, uh, I believe I I remember some of the answer going into this question was talking about how I post memes that are like chip players be like blah. Yeah, yeah. What I found over the years is that essentially fighting game character choices are often a really personal decision that comes from a bunch of different places. Some people will pick characters because they look like them or there's some some kind of uh, identity. Or, or aspect of the character's design that they personally resonate with. Um, for other people, it's about manifesting a play style through a weapon or through the character's design, uh, implying that this character is meant to play this kind of way. Uh, for some people, it's just entirely about the character's background, bio, aesthetics, whatever. And so, based on what you prefer, I've actually done this on Twitter a couple of times where I'll like give people essentially like horoscopes or fortunes based on uh, a selection of their character picks in different games. Um because yeah, basically every different character you can think of them almost as like a mini god, right and this isn't t- true for fighting games. this is true for like any kind of major IP selling commercial like like big characters, right Marvel, anything Disney, fuck it League of Legends, whatever where the the character kind of embodies this, these like different kinds of either gameplay or even aspirational qualities that that people kind of connect with, right? And then the act of playing with that character, they end up uh, kind of discovering more about themselves, but also more about the the character. If the game is rich enough, then you can actually kind of define your own play style within that character. Um, So I play Chip Xanaf in Guilty Gear. And the way I play Chip is actually a lot slower than most uh, chip players play um, because I like to use his tools a little bit differently than, than than the way a lot of chip players are kind of encouraged to use those tools and that's something that comes out at the very high end this is after thousands of hours of play but early on character choices are actually c- pretty good proxies for understanding uh what people like what people are like basically in all kinds of different forms Patrick,
4: what, what would you say if I I think you actually experienced this as well I when playing Street Fighter 4 I would choose whoever i wanted for fun but i would choose ken when i wanted to actually try to win and mm-hmm. but my winning was well placed hurricane kicks and uh shoryukens sure and and that's yep. basically it and and some jump kicks and and some roundhouses that was it and i dated someone for a while who was actually properly trying to learn street fighter 4 and she was like learning the buttons doing stuff correctly and i would just destroy her with ken and it may, it was maddening to her because i was <laughs> i was just doing hurricane kicks and cuz you can do a hurricane kick into a shoryuken sure so easily and it does so yeah. much damage <laughs> it's
0: like so what does that say it does it doesn't actually combo right but if if your your opponent in this case your ex was too busy trying to figure out why they got hit by the the tatsu to block and worry about what happens afterwards. And absolutely, she's going to get you it. Do you think
2: that uh, broad stereotypes aside, the international flavor of the Street Fighter series is part of why it became so popular then, that people around the world could identify with different people in the roster in some way?
0: It's it's definitely part of it for some people. I mean, think about think about the raw number of pixels that a Street Fighter character takes up on the screen. It is much larger than pretty much any other character in any other game at that time. And then now think about how many of those pixels were on a Black Dude, like Balrog, or an Indian dude like like DalSim, right? Chun Li, the strongest woman in the world. You aren't getting that many games where those characters are that big and that upfront and also that diverse. So for, for people who wanted to find characters that look more like them, or that they can connect to a little bit more personally than like a Mega Man or a Mario, um, I think it absolutely has that connection. I still and, wanna know yeah. what the analysis of me with Ken is though. Yeah, recently I've been thinking about people who play fighting games as as falling along a spectrum of order and chaos. The chaos spectrum is is more about playing from guts and emotion, right? It's, I got hit and I didn't like that, so I'm gonna hit you back. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. It is. And also they, they tend to get a lot of satisfaction out of seeing where their intuitions about how the game works line up with reality and order players see the game as beautiful math and every attack kind of a different mathematical function. Mm -hmm. And what they want to do is approach it like they're solving a mathematical puzzle better than the other person. And Order players tend to take a lot longer to ramp up and also a lot longer to think because they're approaching it from a much more conscious and cerebral perspective. They're trying to understand the rules and they're trying to do it live, right? It's much like learning how to play a board game where the first time the first session is basically just scrapped, right? Because you're too busy actually learning the rules while you're playing the game in order to make meaningful decisions, right? Yeah. And the, mm-hmm. the chaos players, since they're playing from their stomach, tend to have much quicker response times or not do not get hung up about decision histories. The funny thing is, you need both in order to be a successful fighting game player. You need to be do, able to do both.
1: So, in other words, what you're saying is that people who play uh, exclusively as Mito in and only in Rumblefish Fish uh, Two are the coolest <laughs> people in the world. Is what you're saying? Absolutely. That's that's basically what the the answer to you, the question is. That's
0: the takeaway. You Got are the coolest Meto. person in the world to everyone who understood that sentence too.
1: <laughs> oh, excellent.
4: You know, uh, Vince actually plays as Mito almost exclusively. Really?
1: Yep. Oh man. You know what is one of the best video games ever made is a Mito versus Mito match of Rumblefish 2. And Just now you can play it on there. Dreamcast. Oh yeah. Oh I know. Yeah. Oh I know. Let's I've move on to question
2: up. two, shall we? Sure. Let's do it. As far as video games go, what is and what is not Cyberpunk? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: So there was a thing going around on the insert credit forums about the death of cyberpunk as a genre and something that wasn't exactly addressed in there, but which I've been thinking about is how at some point the idea of cyberpunk as popularized in uh, visual media had to necessarily branch off from reality Mm -hmm. in like the mid mid-early 2000s because cyberpunk stopped being a possible future because everything in it was in the past already Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's real weird but we in video games including in things like gunsport have continued to embrace that older vision of cyberpunk being like neon and crts and holograms and stuff and a lot of that stuff is obviously passe now and no longer in use And like finding working neon these days is more of a rarity than a futuristic wonderland. And uh, holograms, like we just have those. (laughs) They exist, but they're not in, in wide use because of various reasons. What is actually cyberpunk? I feel like cyberpunk is hard to define at this point because so much of our lives has passed what cyberpunk was
0: we're, we're post cyberpunk right yeah,
4: yeah definitely so we need With we need post
1: cyberpunk for a long or time are we cyber post punk
4: we need uh, something oh, else because similar to the slow motion apocalypse that we're living through actual <laughs> cyberpunk is aggressively boring and stupid and there's there's no like hero protagonist who like wikileaks is <laughs> cyberpunk you know like that sucks yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's, Anyone that's, interested in, in uh with something that's better than cyberpunk, I would direct to uh, William Gibson's current trilogy of novels, his jackpot trilogy, the novels Agency and The Peripheral. Those are extremely good and prove that you can write something set in a near future from the guy who invented cyberpunk that is not cyberpunk, that has learned from actual reality and has uh, he's done a great large amount of work crafting a new sort of world building that is a uh, effortlessly post cyberpunk
4: that forum post um was calling out a lot of elements of the book agency as uh evidence that he has become a huge centrist neoliberal and the way that he talks about oh, all of this stuff is coming from a very center-right perspective uh oh that's
1: you... that's that's a bit of a weird read i just gotta say uh that's, <clears throat> i don't that's know a, I, I, I that's a, a, I was a looking bit at of a those... weird read
4: Captions from it, and he's he's envisioning an alternate future where Hillary Clinton becomes president and stuff, and and everything's fixed, kind of. And it's it's a bit, bit yeah, of odd, yeah, you you know.
1: yeah. You you're uh you're 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 uh, what do you call it? Uh, I hate to wheel out my grandfather's old expression, talking out your butthole again. But uh, that's that's literally only half of the story. That's that's literally one half of the story. There's another half. It's a series about an an event occurs which splits reality into two parts uh and there is a a very nebulous way of communicating between the two realities there's a whole lot of stuff going on there and there is in fact yes a hillary clinton won the presidential election timeline in there but then there's also a the world ended in a nuclear apocalypse timeline so there's a i don't know there's a whole lot of stuff going on in there i'm just saying i think the technology stuff in there is cool okay not necessarily the politics i saw a great tweet from william gibson where he said that cyberpunk was a neuromancer he felt that it was extremely optimistic because when he wrote it we were scared that there was going to be a war with russia and there just was going to be no future at all uh so he was imagining that there was a future and what would it be like and that's cool and he he very quickly uh abandoned the whole you know crt tvs and neon lights stuff yeah, when he moved he on to his next thing. The-
4: the visual media, including video games, like we've we've stuck to that Blade Runner aesthetic, the Sid Meier kind of yeah vision of it and haven't been able to move past that, except maybe something like Watch Dogs in a way sort of does because it's like, oh, yeah, modern modern technology and hacking into things in ways that aren't really possible in anything outside of the net.
1: I have I have incredibly nuanced opinions about Watch Dogs, which I can summarize here as uh, saying uh, Watch Dogs is pretty cool. Maybe it's not the best video game of all time. And the story does have some trash in it. Uh, However, there's a lot of cool stuff going on thematically in there.
4: And in Watch Dogs, too, I can actually navigate Oakland, which is pretty fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can get on a scooter and drive a million miles per hour. I think Watch Dogs is more interesting than cyberpunk in general. Just the, the whole cyberpunk idea, though, uh. I think Cyberpunk's just cool graphics. Just yeah. overall, it makes, uh, it makes for, as, a, as someone who has now played all of Cyberpunk 2077, let me tell you, God darn graphics in there, man. Uh, there's no better stupid, tired aesthetic to drag up out of the sewer when you want to show people the best possible graphics. And I'm talking about on PC. Don't come at me about the PS4 version. I don't even know what a PS4 is. I guess the conclusion that yeah. Cyberpunk is an aesthetic. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 uh, yeah. It's also, an Tim, I think you
4: you and I can agree that if you want to play Watch Dogs, you could just do it at home. Just look at it, look at your own dog.
2: Yeah, you just watch it. Uh, watch a dog. Watch a dog. Brandon <laughs> doing that thing where he literally interprets the title of a game again. Observe dogs. Question three: What studio, which has never made a fighting
1: game before, could probably make a pretty good fighting game? I think Nintendo could. Yeah, if they try.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm nice. joking. Whatever. If you like, yes,
4: it's true
0: they can't
1: if you like smash bros your mom is right you're cool
0: (laughs) i mean i think the easy answer is sony santa monica yeah 100 they have a lot of combat designers 100 i don't know if that counts because a lot of them have worked on fighting games
4: wait isn't that also a joke because didn't they do that sony all-stars thing a Superbot no
1: longer exists oh right god of war 2018 plays like the combat designers are people inspired by god hand panzer dragoon demon souls dark souls pvp and have just uh, refined it to a point where they they created like the ultimate perfect dark souls pvp for a single player game that's what god of war 2018 feels like i think it's kind of incredible and i really, really would be extremely interested in just a straight up 3d fighting game why aren't there any of those You know, they really should make more of those. There there should be more 3D free roaming. They've got to just uh, divorce themselves from a couple of the verbs and adjectives of fighting games. You know, camera tends to be the big problem there. Yeah. Right. Managing 3D camera for two characters is really hard. Well, it's all just got to be network, I guess. It's got to be network. Put that rollback in there. The
0: answer here is a super giant. Hades plays Mm. a lot like a fighting game. Um, they have a lot of super solid, t- like just really great craft when it comes to two dimensional combat. Um, they have a great understanding of the verbs. And Greg Kazavin is a huge 2D fighting game fan. He t- Tweets about Garo at least once a year. Um, so I, I think I would honestly be surprised if they do not end up making a fighting game at some point. He's got some prototypes somewhere. <laughs> and if they
3: made one it would be narrated in kind of an interesting way oh yeah that's the round transition, they've, they've right? done
1: sportsy stuff before yeah. fire has like a basically has an eSport inside of it and has the battle system they're uh they're familiar enough with all the nuts bolts meat and potatoes of game design to just go ahead and really i mean what is what is more game designy than a fighting game right it's it's, it's the platonic idea That's pong you know it's beautiful I feel like they could do it they're in a position to really mathematicize it.
4: I think Neobards is one that could also make Neobards. Fighting games. Neobards. They made a Resident Evil resistance shooting game and also um, King of Fight. I mean, King of Fighters. Final King Fantasy Fighters. 15. Mobile, yeah. Mobile and um, Just and Al Yang, friend of the show, Al Yang is on there and he's a big fighting game person. And I truly believe that that team is very good, and they're really under the radar right now. Nobody really knows who they are, but they're doing good work with very high-end
0: visuals, and I think they could totally. I think they could totally do it. I want to see the Necrosoft fighting game, to
1: be honest. Mm. Me too. someday. <laughs> what you want <laughs> a who fighting game? I didn't hear you. Necrosoft. Microsoft. Hear that, Brandon oh, Sheffield likes fighting yeah. game. I thought, I thought you said yeah. Microsoft. I
4: mean, but the, <laughs> I think the problem with that is I don't think I'd be able to get out of my own way from doing an Asuka-like video game. I feel like I would really, do that. really focus on that angle and take a lot of the things that that does right and expand on it.
0: But not expand that much. <laughs> and Frank, were you about to say Bennett Foddy? I was about to say Bennett Foddy.
1: Pole Riders is basically Bennett Foddy.
0: Kind of makes single-player fighting games.
1: Yeah, I haven't exactly. played
0: Pole Riders, but yeah,
1: it's... Uh, Bennett Foddy did develop a fighting game once, one designed by me uh, as the uh, called Fistmonger, who was playable from one one day in a I public played it place. A couple of times. I played it. John Romero played it as well. In addition to Brandon, it was a good game that we made in about a
0: week. The thing that I've always uh, respected about Bennett Foddy, I think the overlap with fighting games and him is. That both his taste and the fighting game genre are fundamentally about torturing the people playing it. I fucking love that. so There's definitely a shared respect of craft, even if the outputs end up very different.
4: Yeah, <clears throat> I, which I think is why I gravitate toward Asuka so much because it it's so much less about punishing, and I I prefer that. I like the the friendlier, easier route to that's... learning about stuff, and mm-hmm. and that's why that's the only game that
0: I can actually into it and play.
4: Chaos energy, though, I may have.
0: <laughs> Yeah, you like seeing your will being immediately made manifest. And if it's not in the specific form, that's generally okay. Yeah. Um, And it's very different from someone who like I tend to describe playing fighting games as like learning how to pilot a Gundam. The the goal is not for you to impose your will on the Gundam. The goal is to learn how the Gundam works and understand what it wants you to do. Yeah. Mm. Brandon does not like it when people tell him what to do. (laughs)
4: Let me do something that looks cool. Uh, the way that I that makes sense for me to
1: do it. You know, who um, I think could oh, make man. a good fighting game. Is I think if someone put a gun to the head of the Dragon Quest development team, they could make the best fighting game of all time. If they absolutely had to make a fighting game, they wouldn't do it on their own. If they were forced to, it would it be the most be beautiful fighting games game. Climbs only.
3: That'd be a pretty uh, big gun, though. Patrick, yeah, a real, quick real question. big one. If fighting games
2: for Gundams. Then uh, which series would be G Gundam?
0: I mean, G Gundam, the fighting game, is G Gundam, I think. I guess. Uh, Probably, yeah. (laughs) That's not an
1: acceptable answer. On the
4: PlayStation 1, right? That's a disappointing answer, but let's move on. I mean, G
0: Gundam's pretty disappointing. (laughs)
4: Okay, fair enough.
2: Uh, This week, Adobe finally pulled the plug on Flash. Mm -hmm. What did Flash mean for video games over the past 24 years? What have we lost, and what can be saved?
4: Dang, Mm -hmm. we lost a lot. Flash
0: was great. We lost Nanaka Crash. Yeah,
4: Nanaka Crash is great. I mean, Flash was an entry point for so many people to make video games. There were like the the behemoth exists Mm -hmm. because of Flash, because Tom at Newgrounds, they went on from programming Flash things to realizing that they weren't far off from uh, making actual video games like Flash and specifically Newgrounds was a proving ground for so many people to just get into game development, period. And also a lot of the early, all the Gunhouse prototypes were developed in Flash. And Frog Fractions was developed in Flash. That's no coincidence because Jim Crawford was the programmer on both of those. And so directly what I lost is my favorite Gunhouse prototype, which I think is still a very good game. Would have been better on the 3DS if that still existed. But once I update my browser, it's going to be very difficult to play that game. So I actually need to try to Record some video of it before before the browser shifts away, and I'm sure there are other people in that situation where it's like, how do I save this thing that I worked on before it goes away?
3: I don't know how the interactivity is, but at least for Flash movies, there is on the Internet Archive like a, a, an embeddable Flash emulator. Oh, right, yeah. Um, it, I'll try I'm that sure. Too. I'm sure if support isn't 100 percent there it, yet, yeah, it, it'll, it'll probably
0: be worked on. But that's a place to put it. Good. did you, any of you all actually work in flash yourself
1: on anything? I messed around with some flash before in my life. Yeah watched a bunch of cartoons. What was the workflow like? it was uh, it was a bunch of trash copy pasting things from other people's uh, <laughs> from other people's code examples on the internet and tweaking accordingly. It was kind of some trash. I mean that's great though that's that's, that's HTML yeah, you, for yeah. game development yeah yeah it was uh, it was easy to make stuff move around sort of. I'm going to say what, 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 okay, so going back to the original question, Flash, uh, Flash being dead, it kind of sucks. I feel like Flash got a lot, like we said, it got a lot of people into video games. There were people who maybe had, maybe their first video game, you know, for us, we we might remember playing Atari 2600 or Super Mario Brothers. There's kids out there who first played Flash games, right? And uh, I mean, Flash's legacy, will it ever go anywhere? No, it won't. People like Brandon Sheffield will still... Accuse games like Hollow Knight of looking like a Flash game long after Flash is dead. You didn't call it like a... You I didn't, didn't say that, did you? No, I didn't. No. Okay, well, people like you who hate on Hollow Knight... <laughs> he thought uh, it. ...have hated, have hated <laughs> I on Hollow that. Knight. I,
4: I have a lot of respect for... I mean, <laughs> Flash is just an animation program. No, no, it, Yeah, like, yeah,
1: I, I know. I, anyway. I know. I'm i just... I'm saying uh, there's the, it, it. there was an aesthetic to the Flash games that evolved, and I, I believe people will continue to say stuff looks like... There were kids today... In the YouTube comments of my videos about Red Dead Redemption 2 for Kotaku.com's YouTube channel, literally saying the game graphics are terrible and that it looks like an N64 game. These kids were not even alive (laughs) while the N64 lived. So I'm saying Flash will never truly go away. There's going to be a game made by CD Projekt Red in the year 2038 or so that is going to be described as looking like a Flash game by some 12-year-old kid in YouTube comments. So Flash will never go away, baby. Flash is here to stay. Uh long live Flash and such.
3: What is the replacement though for Flash in terms of people just making dumb web games that I mean, Tick TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I
1: think <laughs> like the, it, It's the, not games at all. It's it's well uh, the
3: interactivity of it though. I mean that's like true. It, yeah, it, I actually think that there's some merit to what you just said. The way that people you know sort of collaborate on you know their Ratatouille musicals and you know side by siding each other like response TikToks to other TikToks. I mean that's there's there's some truth to
1: that. There's got to be something new. I, I feel don't
4: like think there's... there's much that that is the exact equivalent of it because it was it was kind of that like you know Squarespace if squarespace were an animated an animation tool kind of thing where you can build certain kinds of things very easily and indeed copy and paste other people's stuff and and figure out how to do squash and stretch real easily and and rotate things and that kind of platform doesn't really exist in the same way because it was it was so animation focused
3: well i also think that like even if it just suddenly materialized now that's just not the internet anymore that's not what people want from the internet anymore so i I don't think that you could replace flash because flash was also a time
4: yeah maybe it's more like vtubers or something like vtubers um, using existing avatars and facial mapping and gesture stuff you know what i think
1: i think somebody needs to you know how there's super mario maker there's dreams I remember when I did a video about Super Mario Maker, all the comments were like, do you think Dreams is going to just make this obsolete? Which was such a puzzling question. I think there's games like Dreams. There's things like Super Mario Maker. I think someone needs to make a social media app that lets people TikTok style make little video games and share them with people. And that is the new Flash. So somebody get on that. These uh, Silicon Valley psychos. Some huge jerk is going to take that idea and run with it. Here's here's a tip for anyone trying to get angel investment for something like that. In the user agreement, just bury the... Your microphone will be on at all times while oh you're God. using this. Just bury that in there somewhere, and then you can get that CIA money.
2: Another thing that happened this week was that F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby has finally entered the public domain. Oh, yeah. In the tradition of Konami's The Goonies 2... Let's design the Great Gatsby too.
1: Oh, Great Gatsby! Oh, um, the Great Gatsby. <laughs> if, if 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 one of us doesn't say this, someone is going to ask me why we didn't. So I'll I'll go ahead and say yes. There there was somebody did make a Great Gatsby fan Except video game on the internet. It was developed in Flash, so it no longer exists. Oh, incredulous!
4: And if I don't say this, someone else will say it. Uh, it should star Zelda.
1: Yeah, that's a well. I mean, that's yeah, a Fitzgerald Shigeru, joke, right there. Shigeru Miyamoto's "The Great Gatsby" too would be <laughs> the game. Yeah, I'm liking it so far. So basically, let me like let me hit you with a sales pitch. It's the Roaring Twenties, okay? Yeah.
3: It's still the Roaring Twenties. We're still there. Still roaring.
1: Yeah, the flapper reigns over the ballroom. It's all bright lights and big cities, baby. And only one man uh, has what it takes to become the greatest. It's Gatsby Jr., uh, Gatsby's, <laughs> Gatsby's illegitimate child, uh, who Gats- uh, I guess he's, he's, uh, he's the same age as Gatsby was.
4: <laughs> so, uh, but should it should, 20s. it should star
1: Deadpool. That's my very, very drastic joke. Uh, does anybody like that joke? Cause Deadpool, uh, Gatsby dies. Yeah, in a dive it in took a me pool. a second. That's, yeah, pretty, that's, right. that's what I think. The first time I heard of the, the character Deadpool, I thought, "Is that a great Gatsby reference?" My uh, immediate no thought joke, is that no it joke. takes
3: it takes place in Gatsby's mansion, which is very much oh, Dracula's dude. castle.
0: Yeah, right. yeah, uh huh, uh
3: huh. So I'll start <laughs> there. I'm
0: into it. All right, so so Metroidvania. I'm into this.
4: Everybody loves that bit where Dracula throws the drink. So, and um, there's a lot of drinking in *The Great Gatsby*, so that could be that could be the weapon this time. Is you well, it's
1: a, it's a mint julep, is what it is. That's yeah. a beverage I recall characters drinking uh, quite, uh, uh, you know, uh, copiously in the novel *The Great Gatsby*. Is
4: there any other kind of julep? I, I think there's about several kinds sometimes. of
1: juleps. There's several. You can have a frost julep, a herb julep oh yeah i've heard of herb julep okay i think there's a couple other i don't know i don't think frost julep is real but i think there's herb juleps i think, that's I think basically true. it's any kind of a grassy drink
3: so anyway it's a, it's a mansion that's way too big it's either dracula's castle or like the adams family mansion from the super nintendo game or something just just blow out the mansion right so like the kitchen is the size of a city block and is full yeah. of like forks flinging at you but they're like Plates. 20s forks
4: Okay, so I, I have a, I have a, an idea for this now, which is okay. It's 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 Gatsby Junior. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coming back to this mansion a hundred years after.
1: It's the Roaring Twenties.
4: The 2020s. 20s. It's, it's the twenty twenties. Mm. He's coming back a hundred years after his great great whatever grandfather Gatsby. His great
3: great Gatsby. <laughs> yeah, his great great. It's called the
4: great great Gatsby. Let's get of the there and. He comes back to this mansion because he's, you know, he's won the deed or whatever. But once he gets inside, he's locked in and all of the party goers from then are still there as
3: zombies. Yeah. Ghost yeah, yeah, yeah. creatures. And they're flapping to... all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Skeleton, yeah. Flappers.
1: skeleton flappers. Skeleton flappers. Skeleton flappers. Yeah. Zelda. I like flappy Zelda's skeleton. Flappy, skeleton. flappy yeah. Zelda.
3: Yeah. There's some secret at the bottom of the pool, but it takes a long time to upgrade your oxygen to get there. Yeah, I think it yeah, would I'm probably be
4: it. like you know, Alucard loses his amazing shield and sword at the start, and then he he gets them back when he finds his great great Gatsby corpse uh, at the bottom of the pool.
1: Yeah, the pool—it's all about the bottom of the pool.
4: Or is the the triple great Gatsby the final boss of the game? What what is uh? What
1: well, I about? mean, we
3: don't advertise that.
1: Well, I mean, clearly you need to have the narrator, uh, Mister Caraway. Uh, yes. th- like uh, maybe he's like a hundred and forty years old, and he has like lived this whole time, and he's still alive, and he's like your spirit guide, yeah. who sells you items.
2: Yeah. yeah, you have to collect the East Egg and the West Egg in order to open the final boss.
1: Mm-hmm. He sells you brandy <laughs> snifters and uh, julep cups.
4: Well, I'd play it.
2: It's <laughs> all sounding pretty good. <laughs> maybe
1: maybe he owns a chain of convenience stores uh, that's like the most popular convenience store in the world, and uh, you can go there to buy like a big gulp that's a that's a mint julep and that's what your character drinks to recover health
3: well does he have a location inside of the mansion
1: yeah yeah they're all yeah. over the place got it they're all they're all over the place he also is like the the ceo of the capsule corporation from dragon ball where he can just like pop them up anywhere
2: i'm not imagining this as like an nes game I'm imagining this like a
3: batman arkham asylum oh, kind of thing me yeah too well yeah, yeah it I'd, could all... i don't i don't think 2d i think it's 3d right
1: i had it 2d but uh it could be 3d if you want i'd play however many d's it's got joe
3: i think if you
1: fight great great gatsby yeah that
3: he is a water spirit now uh can he shoot like beams of green light at you uh was it green oh yeah it, was... it is yeah. green. Yeah. yeah okay yeah all right i was trying to yeah. figure oh, out how to incorporate that light. i remembered That's it good. as a blue light but uh, right
4: and then light, uh yeah. typo negative's creepy green light
1: plays as
4: the soundtrack to that
1: boss fight. You've got to fight. So the the final boss is in a pool. Okay. And you're Mm -hmm. in a boat and you're trying to get to the other (laughs) side of the pool. So you have to be, uh, you have to row the boat right while he shoots the green beams of light at you. Is he like a terminator or like a snatcher? I said he was a water spirit, but he could be like a water robot.
3: Yeah, water, he's he's liquid metal, but made of the pool. Yeah, he's a robot
1: made, yeah, yeah, it's wild stuff. We'll be right back after a quick toilet
2: break. Alex Jaffe here. The fine folks at Insert Credit are working hard to bring you quality content every week and your patronage at patreon.com slash insert credit is greatly appreciated. But did you know that for a nominal fee, you could also get us to read a personal message for you or a friend as a gift, or even to promote your small business or project right into show at insertcredit.com where our operators are standing by to discuss our extremely reasonable rates. Tim Rogers, not guaranteed to purchase it.
0: Right, so is Tim at a different price tier than other, other Insert Credit podcasters? Oh, or... i not promising anything.
2: Welcome back to The Clown Show. It's time for our next set of questions. Usually this is where I answered a listener question, but I'm not doing that this week. I'm asking you, which video games make you feel the
4: heaviest?
1: Huh? Heavy. Heaviest I'm going to tell you what? the heaviest the heaviest what? feeling in all of video games is uh, mm-hmm. is what, what hardcore Souls players refer to as fat rolling, which is uh, when your character is overburdened with equipment and uh, you attempt to do a dodge roll in Demon's Souls and your character rolls really slow. That's the worst heavy feeling in video games.
4: Death Stranding certainly has it with the Mm -hmm. over-encumbered walking around real slow, trip on something invisible and all your
1: stuff goes scattered everywhere. The fun thing is it's not invisible. You just weren't looking. I don't know. I I know because I've tripped a lot on stuff and then I've got mad. You just got to get those, uh, the the fancy legs in that game and then it immediately becomes easy in a weird way. Like uh, that was the plan all along. But when you have a bunch of stuff on your back in that game And it's like a big towering stack that is just like Jenga wobbling a little bit to the left and right. Every time you so much as hair touch the analog stick, that's a hilariously hefty feeling and it's horrible. I love it. I think they got it with that one. Falling down a ledge in an old Castlevania game, a pre-Symphony of the Night Castlevania game, where if you step off a ledge, the gravity is like four times greater than it it is on the downward arc of a jump. Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, there's a really good bug for that in the first Mega Man in the Guts Man stage. Yeah. There, there's these platforms that move left and right and sort of like detach themselves to drop you. You got to mm-hmm. kind of time yourself to, you know, jump when it drops and then land when it comes back as it's scrolling. Mega Man's gravity does not reset when he's on those platforms. So yeah. in the game logic, he's continuing to fall and build up momentum. Uh, So when it drops, he he's he just literally disappears on that frame because he (laughs) drops so fast from uh, momentum being uh, incredible.
4: Castlevania reminded me of this almost inverse, but not really uh, in Symphony of the Night. When you do that rocket jump, moon jump, whatever you call that thing, you know, slam up into the ceiling and then hang there for a second. That actually feels heavy, despite the fact you are going upward. Yeah, to right. me,
2: you're slamming into the ceiling
4: you're slamming into the ceiling but you also mm-hmm. stick there for a second because of how heavy you are it like game logic wise it makes sense to me but but in reality obviously that does not make any sense at all but it's it does uh make
0: the, the boots themselves feel heavy and i think there's like there's like a thud sound or something to it too big, right <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i like uh i like richter's double jump and Rondo Blood redouble tap the jump button, and he does the quick backward jump and lands on his feet and slides. That one's real good. You feel everyone real. likes that. You feel real well. Yeah, that's that's because it's objectively good, mm-hmm. Jerry. Mm-hmm. It's just the best. It's the best.
3: One of them Zeldas had had heavy boots. Was that yeah? Iron Time had iron boots. Yeah, you could tromp around in them. I like I I confuse Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess
1: kind of. You know what felt real good and heavy was those boots you wear in the prison and Face Off. Oh, that's a movie.
3: Yeah.
1: Mm. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Face Off.
3: But the boots in the Super Mario (laughs) Brothers movie are very similar to the boots in the Face Off movie, so they're kind of video game boots. But those are light, and
4: you they make you jump real high, so.
1: Are there heavy boots in John Woo's stranglehold? No. Everything actually feels light as a feather in that game in a pleasant way.
4: There's got to be racing games. I can't think right now, but there are racing games that make your automobile feel heavy because it like it only only rolls well at speed and it accelerates slowly and feels large and ponderous, but I can't actually place one right now.
1: Mario Kart.
4: Yeah,
0: Mario Kart with Bowser and Donkey for heavy Kong is a uh, mech warrior. Played, I played oh, about a yeah. month or two of MechWarrior Online and uh, I was struck by how committal movement is, how like they're, they're really they were really committed to making these things feel like tanks. Right. Uh, and so aiming is hard. You, it takes a long time to aim. It takes a long time to turn around. You don't have free movement the way you do in a typical FPS. Uh, and it, it was really funny to me to play that game because it was like, let's take all the things that make Doom fun and satisfying and then uh turn those down as much as possible so that you're struggling to have that experience cool now we have successfully ported BattleTech into a live like first person shooter ish combat game mhm yeah that's
4: pretty good there's definitely a lot of them robots games where you feel real heavy like robot al- RAD robot alchemic robot design robot alchemic drive drive drive
1: yeah that's I like that is. game that game's got a little bit of chill to it so brandon yeah. just said robot he
3: pronounced robot
1: um yeah there like is a grandma.
3: Famicom game starring a robot called Miracle Rope-It. Is, is, is that a word? Rope-It? Yeah. Or, okay. All right. No, wait, no. I, I don't, don't think know. it is, actually. I don't think so. I think, it's, I think it's just a funny alternate way of saying robot, which uh, I'm, pr- I'm pretty happy about.
1: Miracle yeah, Rope-It.
3: Miracle Rope-It. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, basically I don't I, believe I, he feels heavy. but
1: I just don't really like any video games where your character doesn't feel kind of heavy, to be perfectly honest. I like swinging a big sword in a Guts. I was going to Sam Show. Okay. In a, in a, oh, yeah, Sam Show. in a, in a, what's it called? Sword of the Berserk, Guts's Rage for Dreamcast. And having the sword just crash on the floor so hard that your guy's feet lift up off the ground like a centimeter. I just, I like that kind of stuff. I know we're
3: past the buzzer, but I'm going to throw in Gears yeah. of War right at the end there. It's slamming nice. it's walls for cover—that's pretty heavy. That's yeah, pretty heavy. Nice. So
2: this is a little bit inspired by last week's episode. We've talked a lot in the past about video games that you've gone too hard on. But Ooh. what are some games you've spoken or written about where you feel like you may not have gone hard enough? You said hard
1: on. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah, you got to go hard on it sometimes.
4: I, I don't think I've ever not gone hard enough on a video game because I don't know. I always feel like I have. Like when I talked about Hollow Knight last week, I feel like maybe I was a little mean spirited in the way I spoke about it unintentionally. I don't know. I I feel like if anything, we should be softer on all video games unless they are doing something abhor- abhorrent, like that hatred game or whatever other. Kind but of...
1: hatred just wanted to achieve pure gaming pleasure. If that's true. I guess that, that was is their description. That's horrifying. That, yeah, it that's is. Someone oh man this um, is yeah.
0: hard or soft in terms of criticism or in because when i think of go hard on something i think of going all in spending yeah. a lot of time and effort i think we're
1: talking about critical appraisal right Jaffe? Mm-hmm. yeah okay i mean i've gone easy on a lot of games i did a thing when i was working at a uh, kotako.com uh a website about food items and also video games kotako.com i, w- I used to work there for a while i uh, my whole thing was uh anytime i ever said anything about a video game I got uh, just reams of hate mail from psychos who didn't actually even watch the videos. They just assumed that I said something bad about the game. Like, uh, I, don't want, I don't have time to get into any concrete examples. So if I, if I posted a video about a game, it's like, oh, let me guess. Or it's like, a, I would get like, there would be hundreds of comments that were like, TLDR, uh, SJW hates this game for not having enough uh, strong female characters in it or whatever. It was like 99% of the comments I used to get. So I just got to a point where I'm like, I'm just only going to be nice to literally every game. So for a period of about three years, I made about 200 YouTube videos where all I did was find positives about the games and all but ignored any negative aspect of them. So I did that just so I could feel vindicated whenever someone posted, uh, uh, SJW hates this game uh, for having a, a man as the main character. It's always something like that, like some really lame comment like that. So, Can you think that of any my, games from
2: that three-year period you were too nice to?
1: Past a certain point, being uh, nice comically over-the-toply became like its own reward yeah. uh, to a point where I became so, dare I say, dipt at extracting morsels of goodness from literally anything, that I do not believe I have spiritually, as a person, the age I was when I began that endeavor, and certainly at the age I am now that I have completed it, I do not believe I spiritually missed out on anything by not being mean to any of those games. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to declare in any sort of blanket uh, manner that negativity has no place in criticism whatsoever it does have its uh nobody complained right nothing nothing good you know, nothing would ever get better faster right. horse etc people kept asking for a faster horse so henry ford made a faster horse uh he made <laughs> one it was it's it was horrible oh yeah i remember i remember the henry horse yeah. Yeah, yeah, the turbo
2: the horse was awful.
1: And then he was like, oh, God, you know, everybody loved it. But then he made a car and then that one that did very well as well. So, yeah, I don't think I missed out on anything by not being mean to any of those games. I mean, like uh, the, the one I got the most hate comments about was Crackdown 3, mm-hmm. where I posted an effusively positive review of, of Crackdown 3 yeah. uh, on Kotaku.com, a website famously. You, know, you probably if you've been around the Internet, you know that Kotaku.com is uh, on the take. Uh, Under the table, they receive thousands of dollars like per hour from Sony to say the PlayStation is the best and that Xbox is horrible. So I posted a really positive review of Crackdown 3, and then it turned out that, according to the comments, which, you know, it's thousands of people saying this, so it's probably true uh, that I had received a lot of money from Microsoft to like Crackdown 3, and it was the first time anyone ever watched a video and uh, actually uh read the, the title of the video which was r- 10 reasons you might like crackdown 3 so veering this off topic
3: just a little bit
1: um <laughs> you know, please uh, do
3: fo- all four of us uh who mm-hmm. are not the host here um have shipped video games mm-hmm. that's true um has has coverage from the traditional media done anything for any game you've ever shipped
1: no um <laughs> there was a uh th- there was a really sad situation where uh. The, the, a large website with with millions and millions of viewers said that uh my game was great very sad. But, they, but they could not recommend it because it's too hard to find an online match
3: i don't think it would have mattered if they recommended it is kind no, of i a don't, point.
1: I, I don't think it would have either is a i'm just saying so that it's just, it makes I just me sad. i'm just
3: i'm just like the the economics aren't there people <laughs> Like, yeah. like sony would not pay anyone for a positive review because a positive right. review doesn't do nothing for sony no, they,
1: they would not they absolutely would not
3: it's not the 90s anymore i,
1: I right. got accused of, of receiving huge amounts of money from square enix for my positive final fantasy 7 remake video when really i just i just had a real real good time and then uh if i tried to explain in a comment that I was pre-programmed to have a real good time with my positive experience over the past three decades of playing Final Fantasy games. And then I, I was I was kindly told by a helpful Internet resident that that means I'm biased and I should have gotten More somebody bias. else at my publication to review Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm okay. biased, Jerry. Uh, I'm biased. What is
2: the Eraserhead a video game?
1: The E-Head.
2: Huh. Well, Eraserhead is, uh,
1: is, is David Lynch's most spiritual film. Collaborate so, on that. <laughs> oh, good question.
4: It's got a little little uh, cotton ball lady that lives in a heating duct. Don't need to spell it out for you any more than that. Like that's pretty, right? Pretty clear. Well, let's see. It's stylized. Mm-hmm. I think we we could say it celebrates its handmade qualities. Uh huh. And it is ultimately a relatively simple story, but it's it's the it's the presentation of it and the uh, the visual and soundscape that make it um, interesting and enduring. So I think that's, that's Katamari Damas. Those are some of the elements we could be working with.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I got. <laughs> El Shaddai, maybe. El Shaddai's up there. Yeah. It sure looks like stuff. Um, it doesn't quite sound like much, but it definitely looks like something. And the story is pretty pedestrian while also being spiritual. It's not that fun, which I would say Eraserhead, it's not like a fun movie to watch. You're not going to be like having a rip roaring good time. You're going to have a a little bit of a thinky time.
1: And I um, think
2: another element of Eraserhead is that it's like the first experimental film that gets recommended to film students.
1: If you want to start getting weird. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, then it's probably some Bennett Foddy thing. I don't know. It's probably some PS1, I don't know, Clock Tower, Shadow Tower, some game like that. Some game the Silent Hill 2. I don't know. Hmm. It's 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 uh, I mean there I I recall hearing Eraserhead's name invoked in discussions of a Silent Hill game once or twice on the internet.
3: Oh, you're thinking of Pyramid Head. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pyramid. <laughs>
1: well, that's maybe see, that's that's the sort of thing. When you're talking about the mainstream video game criticism frandosphere, that's the sort of subliminal connection that gets made there's a guy named pyramid head so you might as well think of the movie eraser head again right. eraser head is a movie that often gets referenced by persons who have not actually watched it that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah have you how many people have you heard mention eraser head only nebulously i mean i've heard it a lot i've heard it come up almost a lot. everyone who's ever it, it, it
4: actually it came up in in something that i'm gonna recommend later people were reviewing Ooh. this movie called shadow in the cloud and likened it to a female lead eraser head and it has just just about a, just nothing. about as nothing to do with it as is possible well,
2: that's the name of my sonic and final fantasy crossover fan fiction
1: nice just about as nothing to do with it as possible no Zone. anyway uh, sonic in the cloud sonic in the cloud Ooh, very nice uh, very Jenna's nice cloud. nice work nice work there yeah. yeah um i i think uh i don't know you, you hear people talk in these uh these lofty tones about the the spiritual ethereality of games like like the Souls games like Bloodborne, Dark Souls, Darkborn, Demons Born, or whatever. All of those games you hear people talk about them as though they're weird and abstract and lore filled and whatever. Is is Eraserhead a, a, a movie with lore to it? No. Uh, however, I feel like the kinds of people who who talk about the Souls games without having really looked too deeply into them are the kinds of people who no. Maybe it's so not as go-to as an example as uh, for lazy conversationalists as a Dark Souls game would be.
4: I think that this is not what anyone would refer to, but I'm just going to mention it. There's a game called Dear Substance of Kin by a team in Spain, uh, Deconstruct Team. They're called, and this is a game that creates a mythology for itself quite quickly and fully, but never gives you all the all the tools or all the answers. To that world you you go in there and you're like this is a world that has rules the rules are understood by everyone in this world except for me mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like that's an element if I were to praise racer head I would talk about it, it more in that way and and like this wouldn't be the one that anyone would recommend for the more realistic reasons like the film school type reasons but yeah.
1: uh, are you saying think, you wouldn't recommend a racer head to people no I would, you wouldn't praise but it but
4: I, I, w- I wouldn't do it for the reasons of it being like this is a seminal, seminal experimental film that you must watch i would recommend it just as a movie i would say
1: mm, yeah it's a i think it's just kind of a chill movie
4: it's got a lot of interesting stuff in it
1: i feel like there's not really any uh any large video games that are uh, i mean okay so if we're talking about like the size of Eraserhead, head is pretty big in terms of renown right so yeah, the erase yeah. I, I believe that when, if you ask me what the eraser head of video games is, I would I would probably be tempted to say it's something that has like equal renown in video games that eraserhead has. And does that make sense? Yes. Uh, yeah. So it's all about the renown, Jerry.
2: Yeah. It's time to bring back a beloved segment from insert credit episodes past, which I am now calling Violence Island. Oh, now, this excellent! For season debut, I'm affording us twelve minutes for discussion instead of the regular six. Oh, nice. Who would win in a battle royale between Uh Ryu from Street Fighter, Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, Uh Jin Kazama from Tekken, Akira Yuki from Virtua Fighter, Nightmare from Soul Calibur, Ryo Sakazaki from Art of Fighting, Terry Bogard from Fatal Fury, and Soul Bad Guy from Guilty Gear.
1: That's that's kind of a lot of people, man. It's
2: eight people, which is the standard amount of people in an anime tournament arc.
1: That's very good. It's very good.
4: Are we, uh, this is a battle royale, are they all fighting simultaneously, or are there brackets here? Because um, I
2: think, uh, if we have time, we could go into the bracket mode, and, you know what, I'm gonna say we have time.
4: Otherwise, we have to get into, like, who is yeah. Nightmare naturally gonna try to fight, or whatever. Let's bracket whatever. it. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
2: let's bracket it in the order which appears here. Okay,
4: so, so Ryu for... versus Scorpion? Ryu versus yeah. Scorpion.
1: Scorpion is, um... Scorpion is wanna... ill-prepared for any fight against a real martial artist. Scorpion yeah. is... He's hes the guy at the bar who who owns a lot of leather, who thinks he could beat somebody up. That's who I Scorpion don't know. is. Scorpion
4: has also actually killed people, where Ryu has not...
1: That's true.
3: Right, but Ryu has surely fought people who have wanted to kill him. Right. Yes. Um, um, and he's... I, I would imagine that he's exceptional at uh dodging and blocking whereas scorpion i feel is, just wants to murder right so he's just kind of kind of like tim said he's going to be the guy at the bar he's just going to be like throwing swings kind of blindly despite I feel. his
1: uh actually like existing as proof of an afterlife of some sort scorpion doesn't actually have any Supernatural powers that equal Ryu's Ryu can literally project waves of energy out of his hands. Scorpion
4: does have teleport. But Scorpion's players. tether goes the entire length of the screen as well. So it's kind of about which of those is faster. I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think. I think. Okay, so in Mortal Kombat, everything is faster than Street Fighter now yeah. because that's just uh, that's the that's what they're going for with the Mortal right. Kombat games now. However, I think if if Ryu and Scorpion were combined into that same world, if if Ryu were suddenly unlocked in Mortal Kombat 11, which I think would be pretty cool. I think his fireballs would be crossing the screen in like half a second, like 22 frames. Ryu Ryu has also
0: like traded blows with Marvel characters. Yeah, Uh, true. That's true. Ryu's been in everything, and he always comes out okay. He fought four. Ryu's not getting knocked out round one. All right. Yeah. Next up, Jin Kazama versus Akira Yuki. Okay. Uh, shoot oh, original Fighter hasn't seen a new game in a long time. So, I feel like Jin already gets some points just to, due to longevity.
1: Yeah, so so Jin Doesn't and Akira. A
0: demon in his genealogy as well, Jin mm-hmm. there, There's clearly something there. Akira mostly has the strength of pure unadulterated Japanese karate.
1: Yeah. yeah. The almost perfectly still idle stance where you can barely yeah. perceive his yeah. movement but if you look closely you can. Akira, Yuki is he's too realistic. And uh both Akira and Jin exist in 3D fighting games and yeah. uh uh Jin is, Jin's fighting game is much faster. So it's uh, it's what it's about twice as fast as Virtual Fighter in general. Tekken's just right. wild fast. So I'm going to say unfortunately cuz I uh, I love that V-fight. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but Jen's it's Akiryuki's
2: fragility that makes the game interesting. That's, <laughs> That's right. true. Uh, Nightmare versus Rio Sakazaki.
1: Oh no! Nightmare
0: sword big. He's
2: big, but he's
1: slow. He's, he's a big he's target he's a, he's a big target is what he is he's got the frat boy combo that i've referred to in previous episodes where if you just press vertical slash three times he goes <laughs> 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 like that yeah. where he swings down twice and then pulls up every guy on in the dorm learned how to do that and would just win instantly it's just two nightmares doing that to each other and then you come <laughs> in with you come in with the barest knowledge of being able to tap down on the d-pad to move and then you can just completely waste them and then yeah, suddenly everyone hates you in the dorm. I don't
4: remember if Nightmare has any projectiles. No, he doesn't.
1: No, it's right. Soul caliber. And, and Rio
4: has a huge Rio also one. has a sweet motorcycle. Yeah, he has a sweet motorcycle. He's got a huge huge projectile and a love for his sister. So I think That's that'll, that'll Rio uh,
1: Sakazaki's got that, yeah, he's got a projectile as tall as a human being. Yeah. Also, he introduced all of us in the world to the idea of the camera zooming in and out in a fighting game a bombastic effect. I don't think Nightmare has any attacks with invincibility, right? Which is a pretty big deal, right? Oh, yeah. right. Mm-hmm.
0: That Rio can just make himself invincible off with the whatever his Dragon Punch was called. That's fair. That's you
2: know, I thought Nightmare would go a lot farther, but uh, I guess I underestimated Rio. Uh, oh, and also
1: is... uh, Patrick Miller, in case you were wondering, his Dragon Punch is called the Show Rio Ken. So ah, thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. it's actually, uh, the Show Rio Robert Garcia, but you know Terry Bogard <laughs> nice. versus Soul Bad
1: Guy. Uh oh, uh, this is hard. This is yeah, hard.
0: They have the same moveset. Yeah. You know, like Fafnir is basically a uh, burn knuckle. Gunflame is basically a uh, power wave.
1: This matchup right here is uh, is the stuff of legend, I would say. Right. Yeah, this is a tough one. this is a really good fight, and this kind of makes me want there to just be a whole video game just for this. Make of that what you will. Now Terry Bogard is a beautiful man. He's got a heart and soul, and soul bad guys just uh I don't know. It's just visually, if you come from, let's if, if, say the only fighting game you've ever played is Fatal Fury, you suddenly find yourself in a situation wherein you must win Guilty Gear or risk social ostracization. Uh, you will not be able to make heads or tails aesthetically of the animations and movements of a Guilty Gear game if you've only ever played Fatal Fury. So Terry Bogard comes into this thing. We're talking Fatal Fury Terry Bogard, not Mark of the Wolves Terry right. Bogard, right? Yeah, so he's coming into this thing at at, at an enormous disadvantage. His eyeballs are simply not wired to handle Soul Bad Guy's animation frames. We're also
4: talking about another game that's half the speed of another game here, like Fatal Fury versus Guilty Gear, if we want to talk about speed. Fatal Fury is a lot slower. Also, Terry Bogard does not have any what do what do you call those those instant kills, Patrick Miller?
0: They're called instant kills. Oh, they're called (laughs) instant kills.
4: (laughs) Terry guy does not have those you,
0: and Soul Bad
1: Guy does. what you call it you call it a fool's mate, is what you call so it. So I think uh, Soul is our winner. That's a chess term for anybody.
0: Soul is definitely the favorite here. The one thing I will say is that Terry is capable of jumping into the background plane. And oh. soul is oh, capable yeah. of doing that in Guilty Gear <laughs> Ysica, which was kind of a rough game.
1: Okay. Soul Bad Guy is also the star of Guilty Gear 2. So All right. uh, he's, now we he's go existed into our in a full semifinals. 3D world. Too guilty, too uh, Gary. Ryu versus Jin Kazama. Oh. Jin's got that bad boy style. Uh, Ryu Ryu's also be, got that bad boy style. Jin would Jin would kill Ryu in an uh, uh, kill him. I'm saying kill right. in what would be like an upsetting season finale of an HBO show style murder. Right. Oh yeah, it would be an upset. I'm talking. I don't want to say which uh, Game of Thrones episode I'm talking about though. There's a particular. I'm imagining the one. Yeah. In that. In that. That ends in a thrilling, shocking upset. That uh kind of my right. favorite moment from the whole show much as it made me angry kind of that's yeah. what would happen to Maybe the
0: main interesting thing here is if uh the devil gene brings the satsui no Hato out from ryu right that's because true. depending right. on where you
1: are in the in ryu's time timeline yeah he, yeah he could evil ryu it up evil ryu we could see the we so are we gonna say that evil ryu is uh is triggered here we've got I evil think ryu if we get
2: devil gene then we also get evil ryu
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah, well I think I think regular Jin would bring out Evil Ryu which would bring out Devil Jin. Does that right. make sense? Yes. I so see
0: yeah. So if yeah. that's how it goes out, I feel like that would be satisfying because mm-hmm. Evil Ryu essentially gets juggle combos that make him feel more like a Tekken character anyway. Right. Um but yeah. A Devil Jin gets like I don't know wings and stuff. I actually yeah, I think I
2: think I, Devil Devil
1: Jin is our upsetting winner. Devil Jin kind of right. sucks though. He's ugly. Yeah. I just got a, somebody right. had to say it. He's ugly. Ryu versus Soul. Oh uh, Rio, ah, man, I just I think I think you put SNK versus Guilty Gear. You're just going to have a bunch a of dead time. SNK characters. <laughs>
0: Suffered a little bit from the, the seeding of the tournament bracket, right? Like yeah, I would yes. not put Terry and Soul against each other round one. That's probably a round two match because Rio and Terry is actually a pretty competitive round one match that I think Terry would eke out. Um, this one is like if Soul wasn't phased by Terry Bogard, nothing nothing Rio has going for him is, is going to yeah. do it.
1: That's Ryo true. Sakazaki's like like a Steven Seagal version of Terry Bogard's Bruce Lee. So uh, I, I just don't think... I, I think he's dead. This, uh, is, this uh, is
4: not going how I had hoped. No.
1: <laughs> no yeah, that's, this that's is that's a very thing.
4: surprising
2: finals to me. This is Jin Kazama from Tekken versus Soul Bad Guy from Guilty Gear.
1: Now it's, yeah. a, real, it's a real question now. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a riddle. The challenge of this tournament
0: arc is that Jin has already blown his, uh, his transformation, right? So even if he Correct. walks... This match as Devil Jin Soul Bad Guy also has his own transformation. He has the Dragon Install, right? Mm-hmm. That, that man that he has is limiting his powers, and he overrides it temporarily. And I don't think he's blown that yet. So what's weird about this is, like, if
4: if this is an anime, Jin sure. is the hero of this because he's the one that doesn't have a transformation left and still has to try to win against someone who does have their transformation. I mean, I'm not saying that means Jin wins. It, it just puts this tournament in an odd light. I feel.
0: I mean, putting Soul Bad Guy in this tournament bracket is kind of like, I don't know, putting uh, a UFC heavyweight champion against the best that the Street Beef's YouTube channel has to yeah. offer. <laughs> like, Guilty Gear power levels are just obscene compared mm-hmm. to most games. And the yeah. fact that Bad guy at this point is fighting with a gigantic cigarette lighter as right. his weapon like, good luck, Jim. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I, I think Soul
4: Bad Guy probably wins. I mean, he's yeah, got a Soul transformation. He's still got those uh, instant kills. What might have made this interesting would be a uh, last minute edition of a Samurai showdown character because they also have instant kills. And But I mean, it might not.
2: Brandon, but, you read my mind because the last round of this is all of you get to inject your own fighting game character ooh, to fight the winner.
4: Nice. Oh, okay. Brandon,
2: well,
1: Brandon's going to choose Ken, right? i mean, gonna right. choose
4: Ken. No, uh, I, I have to think about it a little a little more. I don't want to choose something that's like, Apocalypse, you know, like that's not really fair, I feel. So I want to choose someone that is this roughly human sized. Mm-hmm. I, if I chose Athena from certain versions of KOF, she's actually the embodiment of a god. Uh, and, right. you know, I don't, that's kind of stupid. So. Uh, unless we want to do that
0: <laughs> guilty gear characters are already close to godlike in their powers right so if yeah. you're going to pick the embodiment of god like I, I think athena versus soul is actually a pretty interesting matchup okay i choose athena then i'm gonna choose a, a warrior athena and, Warrior um, athena Athena's probably actually looking pretty good when she's not designing web pages and doing her pop star career she can also yeah. tell Yes. Uh, she had pretty advanced like energy projection stuff. The question would be whether her her just sheer impact gets anywhere close to soul. Um, but I feel I'm like I for her.
4: I'm not totally sure, but I feel like. Well, let's let's see what other characters we have, or are we collectively coming not, up with? One? I think
2: we're done. Um, that's our twelve minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, if our listeners would like uh, another return to Violent Silence, send your own matchups in, and we may discuss them in a future episode. Oh. Speaking of our listeners, this week's lightning round was submitted by a listener, which is why I didn't ask a listener question at number six. Nice. That makes sense. Our listener question comes from Grand Bags Funeral. This week, we're playing Name Design, a popular segment where we design pitches for video games based on a given title. But this week, it's all Baskin Robbins ice cream flavors. Uh Uh-oh. Alright, our first game is Mango Tango.
1: Mango Tango. Oh, that's clearly just some old, like, na- not Namco, uh, non-Namco. Namco would have more abstract names. It's, it's, like, a ma- game.
4: it's like a maze game. One of those. Yeah, it's,
1: it's an arcade game from the early 80s that yeah. uh, just has, like, a tropical island theme. Yeah, it's Taito for sure. And the character is something, like, kind of, like, questionably, like, Vaguely weird. racist. Yeah, yeah like, very, very vaguely. Tito. Yeah, so that's that's probably what it is. Mango Tango. Date
0: nut. This is a this is an indie visual novel from the mid 2010s yeah,
1: That's probably a, a really bad uh, a visual yeah. novel made by a bunch of sleazy, cynical marketers about Mister Peanut.
4: Rock and Pop swirl.
1: Rock and Pop I, swirl. I think this is
4: a. Crikey. It's it's very much like Mango Tango, except it was made in the nineties rather than. Um, this is American development. Maze, yeah, maybe so. It's like a it's it's like one of those. Um, bubble bobble or parasol islands style things where parasol
1: star rainbow islands you, yeah, <laughs>
4: Island, you gotta you gotta clear the screen of all the enemies that's what it sounds I think, like
1: to me i think it's like lucky and wild yeah. you have two guys Ooh. rock and pop swirl <laughs> and it's one of one of you has a light gun and the other one He's just driving, driving a car, the car. Uh, uh, I like
2: uh wild and reckless uh Oh, oh, wow! I think, think
1: that's better for wild and reckless. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think one of you has a light gun and the other is driving a car. <laughs> yeah. But it's a, it's just, it's just the U.S. title, right? <laughs> it's the American title. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So rock and pop swirls the Japanese title, yeah. and then wild and reckless it's is the American. U.S. title. Cotton
3: candy crackle. i Candy crackle.
1: Cotton candy crackle.
3: Oh, it's a, it's Uh-oh.
1: a. I, first of all, can I just say I, I do no. not want to eat that ice cream? Yeah, don't. I think it's a
3: pink bunny platform game and there might be some lightning powers. Oh boy. Yeah, I, I was like thinking
4: that. of a puzzle game like a like a like Yoshi's a, a candy cookie. crush.
1: Yeah. Sure. Yoshi's Crush. Yoshi's awesome. crush. When are they gonna make Cookie Crush? That's just Mississippi a rip off of Yoshi's mud. cookie. They did. Mississippi uh, Mud? Yeah. Well no, Mississippi Mud actually is a game. That's a game that was uh made by what's his name? Toshihiro Nagoshi. It was like a side game to Sega Rally. I was saying this is this is an IGF winner. It's a
0: a... That probably like went through uh, maybe a crowdfunding campaign or it was Mm. continued from a student project. And there was a lot of like effort to collect narrative experiences, right? Like from from people, right? Like actual people in Mississippi. It's about someone's childhood.
1: I was
2: thinking it was kind of like spin tire.
1: I personally think it's a big, like wild, like arcade style boat race game by the team that made Daytona. Okay, uh, or it could you know whatever, whatever. America's birthday cake <laughs> oh no what's it's on a, what would be a, on America's birthday cake I think it's an educational
4: game that's like a where in the world is Carmen Sandiego but the one that you don't want to play like if, if the, the computer that has where in the world is Carmen Sandiego and the computer that has chips challenge are both full then you have to go play this game America's birthday cake
2: yeah that's awful gold medal ribbon gold
0: medal ribbon yeah i mean uh, it's, it's, it's the stadium events right yeah, <laughs> yeah i was yeah, thinking of that
4: too it's just one of these olympic games uh, track and field on the nes specifically
3: yeah but it's just the ribbon like you don't get the gold medal right you get the ribbon like,
4: <laughs> well no it frank if it's a uh if it is a track and field game you get the medal from breaking through the ribbon at the end of the right. race
3: oh, okay or it's okay, a yeah. ribbon
4: dancing event I'm or it's kid.
3: gold medal ribbon, like like ribbing, but oh, and yeah. with an apostrophe, and it's like you're 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 giving your friends a good ribbon. You
4: know, rose.
3: Yeah, I'm just I'm giving that a no. Uh, love, <laughs> potion 31. 31? love potion number thirty
1: one. Thirty uh, one. Love potion number thirty one. It's uh, the latest in a long running series of games that apparently a lot of people like because yeah, there's a lot. Of Hold on, I gotta. What's this dog yelling at over here?
0: Sonic Mobile, uh, like visual novel stuff. Oh, I like right? that. Yeah, it's, it's episode like, thirty-one or something. Yeah, just it's this is number sure. thirty-one because
1: it's that's uh, it's the, the love Edition. potion series, Yeah, uh, quarterback crunch. <laughs> quarterback crunch is uh, the latest game by the team. The, the original it's a Kickstarter game by the original people who made uh, NFL Blitz. I, w- I was thinking yep. that. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a like, it. remember, remember arcade style. Yeah, they got three million dollars. It it's gonna uh, suck. Three million dollars in cheese. the game. It's, it's, it's been six years and the game still is now. What, what was the next one? Creole cream cheese. What? Oh, God, it's Bayou Billy, too. <laughs> First of all, can I just say uh, uh, Baskin Robbins burned down already, is what I'm yeah. saying. What What is that? That's a weird name for People ice cream. People get an
3: ice cream on purpose that's
1: flavored like cream cheese? I guess. Cream cheese does have some delicious qualities to maybe, it. However, I don't. Maybe it's the
4: texture. I've I've watched some uh, some cooking shows that have demonstrated to me that putting some cream cheese in your icing at least gives it a pleasurable
1: texture to some oh people, yeah so. no doubt yeah that that's I will admit fine. cream cheese is good so maybe yeah, I like about cream cheese but i don't the, putting it in my soup
3: that's not the flavor that i want from ice cream i don't know yeah the, the primary flavor i'm so fine with the it game? lifting other flavors um i don't
1: care about games i want to talk about ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> frank what's the best ice cream and is it and why is it pistachio I mean, uh, it's it,
3: it's, uh, it's that one good. that's like pistachio and chocolate and cherry,
1: whatever that combo oh, is. Oh, yeah, the insert credit Neapolitan. Yeah. <laughs> my, my two favorite ice creams for anyone listening, pistachio and butter pecan. They're the two best ice creams. Those are good. Butter pecan. Yeah. No way, but, man. Why, get that why, out, why out of my house. The... been on that that's Netflix it.
0: chill, the Ben & Jerry's flavor. It's
1: surprisingly yeah. good. Huh. You know what? What? Ben & Jerry's, get, get out of town. I don't like those guys. I like
2: vanilla. I like a good vanilla. Sounds right. Anyway,
1: this uh, is Bayou Billy 2. Yes,
4: yes, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, And our final game is premium churned reduced fat, no sugar added peanut buttery bar blast
4: oh that's, that's just it's an adaptation of a light novel because that's about how long they are
1: yeah oh yeah that's good
2: i can't believe my it's, sister is a premium churn reduced fat no sugar added <laughs> peanut buttery
3: bar blast
1: that's right it's it's actually just it's the sequel to alien soldier is what i would yeah. say <laughs> that's what i was is. thinking
3: it's more of i mean flash is done i guess but it's, it's yeah. a it's an it's an i want to be the guy style flash game oh uh,
4: yeah mm-hmm. that makes
3: that's sense for it. Uh, yeah i want to congratulations uh-huh. guys which of these games was the best
2: i want to say probably gold Medal ribbon gold Medal ribbon that's the it's one, one i play all right just mate. an
3: olympics game on the nes really. yeah sure the others sound terrible i don't know man i think uh, the driving and light gun one yeah wild oh, wild it. and reckless wild and reckless and swirl yeah you know know one i think game that's i one played
1: one? a lot during the production of my Mickey memorial uh, 2 review i played that track and memorial. Fe- that track oh. and field 2 for the nes y'all ever play that that game hurts my wrist i played that a little bit at a barcade
2: back when those were things that Uh, is a
1: painful game to play
2: does anybody have any plugs or recommendations for our listeners for this week
0: uh well first off thanks for listening to the entirety of this podcast yeah even as a fan of the insert credit podcast i rarely make it through an entire
1: episode oh come
0: on (laughs) this this time you did yeah you had to
1: what's easier to make it all the way through one of these podcasts or one of my videos?
0: Uh, it's a good, ask good question. question.
1: You don't have to answer it
0: in terms of the stuff that I got going on. You can also choose to back my Patreon, patreon.com slash the flip. Uh, I do a lot of writing about fighting games and self-improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does a lot of fighting about writing games. Yeah. Ooh. And I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge all the inspiration and support that I've gotten from hanging out with insert credit folks, which is why I'm super stoked to come back to the podcast today. Y'all have been uh, incredible for me, um, yeah. so nice to hang out i was okay. listening
2: to the uh, archives this week uh for a project and i thought to myself as i was listening you know who i really miss having on the show i miss having patrick on the show so it's great to have you back here again
0: oh, excellent great. also streaming regularly on twitch.tv slash path i'm the to for wednesday night fights guilty gear for norcal so we run that every week uh also oh,
2: run... the bias comes in no wonder soul bad guy won the tournament <laughs> i mean look yeah
0: every you from Street Fighter in there like you're you're really forcing me to pick favorites right yeah um, yeah we've also been doing some pretty regular streams with a uh, AVB the homie uh we've been just playing a whole bunch of random uh older fighting games kind of running through some of the classics we played sailor moon we played the immaterial and missing power that's one of the, the toho fighting games um and it's just been super dope to like jam through old fighting games and not only learn it for ourselves but also see a lot of the people who, from those communities that are still active come through and hang out with us so that's the stream monday through thursday uh, usually start around 7:30 p.m west coast time um. So, yeah, if y'all want to come through for that, that'd be dope. And if any of y'all ever want to come through and actually play some fighting games together, I'm always super down for that stuff.
4: You know what? I will do that. I got to make a plan for when to do it, but I'll definitely do it as long as we're doing some. Uh, I wish there were a better word for it than poverty fighting games, because
0: I don't think that's a good term. Retro is usually the the, the go to descriptor for a lot of this stuff. OK, there, yeah. there's a, there's certainly a, a uh, self-effacing pride that comes from the folks who call these poverty games. So I wouldn't yeah. write that term completely. Okay. Um, that's it. Fight Cade's got a whole bunch of stuff on there. So if you want everyone ever want to just jam some, some multiplayer online games there, I'm happy to do it. We can help you get set up and everything.
2: Okay. Excellent. Uh, Frankie or Brando, you got anything to recommend? Brandon does.
0: I do. One thing I want to just vaguely
4: recommend is not taking us too seriously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this after, um, as I mentioned earlier in the show, being perhaps too mean-spirited about Hollow Knight.
1: You mean wrong? To remind everyone
4: our opinions are opinions and they are subjective and everyone's uh, truth is truth when it comes to video games. Like however you feel about it is how you feel about it. And I don't think anyone on this show would be unduly influenced by our, you know, saying this game is good or this game is trash or whatever. But um, definitely just a reminder to uh, take our thoughts with a grain of salt build your opinions for yourselves uh and then i want to recommend a movie called shadow in the cloud and so this movie um i i know i said you know take my opinions lightly but um it is trash it, it is <laughs> this, so it's really hard to make a b movie in 2020 i think what is required for making a b movie is you need to not be aware that what you are making is stupid um or is nonsense or whatever. And in, in this movie, it, it, it treads the line because for one thing, there's a lot of very ridiculous stuff that happens in it that is, it's clear that they're aware of it. But there's a lot of other completely outland, like there's a, not to spoil anything, but there's a person hanging off the side of a plane and there's just like a, a like a little gust of wind that's that's blowing toward them. It's, it's not a big <laughs> challenge. The challenge is holding onto the, like holding themselves up onto the plane. It's not. Getting ripped off of the plane, um, and it's a movie where the protagonist spends half of it inside of a little cockpit and and just by themselves, isolated from everybody. But it still manages to be n- nonsensical enough to keep your attention. Um, one thing I will mention is that it was the original draft of the script was written by Max Landis, who is a uh, persona non grata in in uh, everywhere now <laughs> in the but world. It was then rewritten. To the extent of getting a writer's credit, for which you have to rewrite at least fifty percent of the movie by a woman of color who also directed it, and so this was a script that came to her that she then rewrote and it and has definitely reclaimed reclaimed this movie as as hers. And so the Max. This movie
2: is Min Max. Yeah, that's
4: right. It's definitely Min Max. And so the thing that ultimately makes it a B movie for me is I read an interview with the director, uh, Roseanne Liang, and she was totally serious about everything that she was doing in this movie. Uh, When you see the things that happen in this movie, the idea that someone could be, could have thought that any of it was possible is, is what makes it hilarious. So if you've got like a roommate or a partner or somebody to watch it with, watch it with them and have a, uh, have a dumb old time.
3: Um, I got a quick one. Yeah. Um, After last week's episode, I went and downloaded hollow Knight. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'm having a good time, but (laughs) I'm having a particularly good time because at about the same time in the mail, I got this very nice custom USB fight stick from uh, my friend Benj Edwards, which I'm sure at least one of you follows on Twitter. I do. So I am playing it uh, on the PC on my giant CX TV at 120 frames a second with a professional uh, fight stick.
0: Which stick did you get?
3: Well, it's Ben J. Edwards. Just his USB. It's stick. the six-button one. He made it. Oh, it's a. Oh, he made it. Oh, that's awesome. He makes them. Yeah. Um. Cool. So it's just yeah, it's just made of all the good parts, and it's just a little. You know, it fits on your lap. You could you can kind of fit it between your legs even and squeeze. It's a. Uh, mm. That's a good game for a fight stick. I don't know if anyone else has ever played Hollow Knight with a fight stick, but I recommend
1: it. Probably. I've played it at 120 hertz uh, with a uh, uh, an Xbox One Elite controller. I know it's not a fight stick, though. That is a. A very Xbox One Elite controller-worthy video game. You know, I'm thinking of getting myself a fight stick. Frank, can you recommend me something? Uh, sure. I was I, I was going to buy a Mr. Do I just go to misteraddons.com and buy one from there? Yeah. Because he's got a bunch of these pre-configured ones. $420, nice price. Thinking I might buy him one.
3: Yeah, unless uh, you just want to save a little bit of money, just do that. Because yeah, otherwise I, you're buying each part from different people. It's really easy to build. also a guide.
4: On uh, on the insert credit forums for building a mister.
3: Yeah, it's super easy to build, but configuring. Oh, the configuring is the is the hard part. Yeah, but I would just you have the money, and you know you're not going to save that much money piecing it out. So just. I'm you know, slightly
1: smart, it. so I could probably figure it out. However, I would rather just spend a little bit of extra money.
2: Yep. I want to repeat a recommendation that Tim made on last week's episode. Oh, What's uh, here? Last week, Tim recommended the show Ted Lasso. Oh on yeah. Apple TV. And after that, I watched the whole thing. I laughed a lot and I cried real hard. And Jason Sudeikis is amazing in it. And uh, you should go watch it if you are
1: able to. A really good show.
4: Oh, wait, I have had one more thing. I okay. wanted to take back my recommendation from la- last week of watching The Mandalorian Season 2. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't spoil know. it. I haven't watched it yet. Don't spoil nothing. Here's what I will say, which does not spoil anything except, well, it doesn't really spoil anything. It's the thing that I said about how the Mandalorian was great because it just took the world of Star Wars and made something else with it. And you didn't mm. need to know about Star Wars and it wasn't like all interconnected in this whole like we're building the Star Wars universe with it. You're that constructing
1: not... a million micro spoilers in my head right now. Yeah, right. That, is,
4: that is no longer correct by the end of the show. And uh, well, uh, I'm, a... my I'm imagining
1: some kind of a final scene where a beloved character shows up is, in, is immediately what you just put into my head. At Thanks, the very Greg. end. They're going to they're going to end the whole season with a, a character. Everyone loves Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, somebody is going to just show up. That's what I am now imagining is going to happen at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2. So just letting um, everyone know. You, okay. you, 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 Basically, to a person who has written a hundred novels that he refuses to show anyone, everything is a spoiler for everything. So... Uh, however, also, that's probably what I would have done if, if someone had asked me to write the show is I would I would have I would find a way to get Luke Skywalker in there so that I got some more recommendations before we with
2: spoil Mandalorian anymore. Let me
1: let me just say, what, what wait, did you just confirm that I'm right? Don't do that. Uh, uh, I want to say watch the show Perry Mason on HBO. Real good. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I got I, I, I dug that too. That, one. that was good. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't watch good. it. Too spooky. Too spooky.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. I recommend that if you're listening to iTunes or Spotify or Google Music or any platform where you can subscribe to podcasts or even like archive.org, that you subscribe to ours. You could also leave us a review like Screffitz did. Screffitz wrote Scruffitz. Are you the kind of person who will hear an argument that Final Fantasy 12 doesn't belong anywhere on a top PS2 games list, but Bujing Guy The Forsaken City is a top five game on the platform and think these people have good
1: taste? Then this is the show for you. <laughs> Final Fantasy XII is good, though, dude. However, it's better on PC. You can so. also go
2: to patreoncom slash credit, where you can subscribe at any level to submit your own questions, uh, get exclusive access to monthly bonus episodes, even get episodes one day early. One day early. One day early. You could also join the conversation at forums.InstructCredit.com, where right now we're dissecting last week's Best Games of All Time show to figure out exactly where all of you went wrong. Uh, to yeah. that end. Right now, we are polling our audience to get to know you a little bit better, and we'd really appreciate your participation. The link to the survey can be found on forums.insertcredit.com and on our Twitter pages as well. The show is at Insert Credit. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Frank is at Frank Faldi. Tim is at 108. Brandon is at Necrosofty. And Patrick is at at The Flip. This show's editor is Esper Quinn with music by Kurt Feldman. Next week, our Game of the Year 2020 episode.
3: Until then, I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. I'm
0: Patrick Miller.
2: And your game has now been saved. Game over here! It's been saved. Yeah. This is the show you listen to to save your game.